0: You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wubi, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Last week, we talked about the first step of bitachon is understanding that Hashem controls everything and that everything Hashem wants will happen. Everything that Hashem, we said do a three-step process to understanding how Hashem operates. Number one is that we should have tranquility of the soul, knowing that Hashem is capable of everything. Number two is leaning on Hashem, learning to lean on Hashem. And number three is that Hashem has the knowledge and ability to do what's best and befitting always. Okay, so we spoke in depth about that last week. Now we're going to talk about two very important, seemingly conflicting ideas when we talk about having trust in Hashem. So just stepping back a second, we said, trust in Hashem, we many times use the words bitachon, emunah, intertwined. We, you know, believing in Hashem, having knowledge of Hashem, clarity of Hashem, and also trusting in Hashem. They're not the same. You have to have faith and emuna and knowledge in Hashem before you can trust in Hashem. You can't trust somebody you don't believe in. Now, what is that belief? The belief is that he's capable of everything and anything. And whatever God thinks is befitting for you will happen. If God doesn't think winning the $2 billion lottery is befitting for you, you won't win it. Because he doesn't think that it's the right thing for you. Now, if God does think that it's the right thing for you, you'll win it. No questions asked. But there's two areas that are seemingly conflicting. Let's see what that is. The next two chapters address two distinct and seemingly contradictory approaches to what constitutes bitachon. Approach A says that bitachon is the confidence that Hashem will do for a person whatever he or she needs. Hashem will take care of every one of your needs, not your wants, your needs. And approach number two says that Pitochon has nothing to do with what an individual needs or desires, but is a calm acceptance, an acceptance of whatever Hashem does, no matter how comfortable it might be. So it has nothing to do with whether or not I need it. It's that I accept whatever Hashem does is for the best. Those who subscribe to approach A criticize approach B, B as fatalistic, and those who subscribe to approach B criticize approach A as wishful thinking and frequently destined to disappointment. So who's right? The Chazonish, who wrote an incredible book called Emunah Vebitachon, says that they're both right. The two different approaches represent two distinct mindsets, both of which are necessary On the other hand, one must never confuse the two mindsets. Okay, so the first mindset, approach A, the confidence that Hashem will do for a person what he or she needs is the mindset a person should have before the fact. Meaning, when you're about to do something, you're about to interview for a job, "Ah, I want to get this job, I want to get this job, but the Almighty perhaps knows a little bit more than you that this is not a good thing for you. It's not a good job. It's not a good environment. It's not a good future for you. So before the fact, you should have that mindset that Hashem will do everything that you need. He will take care of your need. Same idea, by the way, goes with Shidduchim. Dating, finding the right mate. Before you're going out with a person, we have no idea what's right and what's wrong. We have no idea. Hashem does. And we're taking that as our mindset before the fact that Hashem will do for me what is right. As long as the outcome is yet to be determined. This is the subject of this chapter. Here, the Chazanish stresses that Bitachon is not prophecy where an outcome is determined ahead of time. Meaning, just because you desire something and you feel that you need something doesn't mean that that's going to be the outcome. I think that I should win the lottery. So therefore, if I don't win the lottery, then, oh, my betachon, my trust in Hashem is, is uh, fading. No. You, you see, there has to be a certain mindset that Hashem, A, is capable of everything, and Hashem knows what's best for me, and Hashem will provide for me every one of my needs. I believe that a person should never daven for results. A person should only daven for the best thing to happen for me. A person should never daven, oh, I want to marry that person, Hashem, make it that I marry that person. That could be a nightmare. We don't know that that's the best thing for us. What we should daven is Hashem, the right person, should come fast, and it should be clear, and we shouldn't have any doubts. But not daven for that specific thing. You're davening for that specific job, that job might be the worst thing in the world for you. It could be a bad environment, it could be a bad paying job, it could be people uh getting involved with people who are unscrupulous and dishonest. So davening for a specific target is the wrong approach. Hashem, I want to succeed. I want to go, go to medical school. I want to become an attorney. I want to, Hashem, help me succeed. Now, it's very possible that Hashem might say, that's not the right industry for you. Like the majority of the world. Uh, I did a unscientific study here at the Torch Center and found that 99.8% of people who graduated with a specific degree did not find their livelihood that, with that degree. Most people, this one got an engineering degree, and he does finance. And this one got a finance degree, and does engineering. And everyone has has different, you know, we think that this is where my future is going to be, and we have to do a status That's definitely a requirement. We have to put forward an effort. But that doesn't necessitate that that's where our, success and or happiness is going to come from. So just because I have certain motivations towards something or someone doesn't mean that that's the right match for me. Make sense? Here the Chazanish stresses that Bitochon is not prophecy where an outcome is determined ahead of time. There is much a person can do to influence and improve a future outcome. Prayer, for example. Charitable deeds and teshuva mitigate stern judgment. God willing, we'll address them later in this book. Meanwhile, in this chapter, we focus on enhancing the future of invoking blessings by strengthening bitachon. We look to Hashem and place our hopes in Him. So we ask Hashem for success. My, my favorite story with this regard is a, a, a man... Called me up one day and he was sobbing. He's a grown man sobbing like you have never heard an adult cry. He tells me, Rabbi, today's the worst day of my life. I was fired from my job. I've been working there for 28 years. He says, you have no idea. I bleed the company's name. I bleed the company's my, it is my DNA. It's my identity. I give my, my heart and soul for this company. And my boss just fired me because I challenged him, he was uh, proselytizing him, talking about his religion, and and this employee, they don't want to have it anymore, he's a Jewish man, they don't want to be talking about Christianity every time he talks to his boss, accept my Lord and Savior, et cetera, et cetera, I pray for you, so he says, can you stop it already, I'm a Jew, and stop bothering me, so he said, you're fired, leave, so I said to him, this is a great opportunity, a great opportunity what do you want what do you want tell me what what it is that you want so he tells me what it is that he wants he wants to continue working for his company he wants to continue serving the people that he serves in such a great way but he doesn't want to work for this individual so i said okay so daven for it daven exactly what you told me ask hashem ask hashem He says, but it's impossible. He says, why should I even bother asking Hashem for my stupidity? There's nobody, there are over 50,000 people in this company. Not a single person works in an area that he doesn't report to the director of that region. And here I'm asking for something which is not by the orders of law, uh, laws of nature. It doesn't happen that someone could work in Houston for the regional director of Dallas, it doesn't work. It doesn't have, in 55,000 employees, not a single one has that setup. I said, Davin, Davin, okay. And here's a number for a good attorney. And I got him a good attorney and the attorney got him an unbelievable settlement. I mean, deep eight figure settlement a religious discrimination suit and he got an they offered him a settlement and he said no i want my job back i want my dignity i don't want to retire at such a young age i want to live a long life working hard for my clients and he felt it as a as a, uh, a very strong conviction of it's the appropriate thing to do he got exactly what he wanted exactly 100% everything he asked for He works out of a private office for the Dallas regional director. And it's the only exception of 55,000 employees. Why? He's the happiest person. He says, I work three minutes from my house. And I always, every time we talk, I say, do you remember that prayer? That one prayer that you recited, that one prayer is the reason why you're having this. The prayer is unbelievably powerful. Hashem found that that was the best thing for this individual. And everything that can't work, it can never happen. No one's ever done such a thing. It's unheard of. It's never going to happen. That's our own doubt. It's not in Hashem's limitation for what Hashem can provide. Hashem can make anything happen. The second mindset, approach B, is the calm acceptance of whatever Hashem does, does no matter how comfortable or uncomfortable it might be. This is the mindset a person should have after the fact. In other words, once the outcome is determined. So if a person gets a certain job or doesn't get a certain job, the, the, the frame of mind should be I'm accepting whatever Hashem decreed. I thought that job would be the right job for me. It didn't work out. It's the hand of Hashem. This mindset is the practical application of the first principle of Emunah, namely that everything comes from Hashem, and He alone did, does, and will do every deed. Ha-Yehovah-Vieh, Hashem was, is, and will, will be. Everything that Hashem does is for the good. Hashem doesn't do bad. This mindset, the subject of chapter 3, is the key to inner peace and worry-free life. When we talk about people who have stress and anxiety in our generation, it's because of this last item that they can't handle. That Hashem is in control, and whatever He wants is going to happen. The person who has that mindset is the luckiest, happiest person on earth. Because what am I worried about? What are you worried about? Oh, you're not worried about what you're going to do, and what your job is going to be. My daughter came back from Israel and she was already a couple of months before leaving Israel, she started calling me about, what am I going to do next year? What's, what job am I going to have? And where am I going to live? And where am I going to this? I gonna, all of these worries. I said, okay, let's just set the, 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 set the ground level. There's no need to worry. Hashem will take care of you. I promise you he will take care of every single thing that you need. He will take, take care of where you will live. He'll take care of your job he will take care of every single opportunity that is meant to come your way will come your way do you have to do hishtadlut do you have to do your effort and ask for a job yes but that's not necess- that doesn't necessitate where your success will come from i asked someone recently we were talking about this specific idea of that their success they're making phone calls, they're making phone calls, they're making phone calls. This was particularly regarding someone who married off their daughter. See, so he said, oh, it's all about his dadless, which is putting forward the effort, making phone calls, making phone calls, making phone calls. So I said, he just married off a second daughter. I said to him, did any of it have to do with your phone calls? And he said, actually, coming to think of it, none of it did. But he did come to a different disclaimer. And that was, it helped my nerves. It helped me feel like I was doing something. You have to, but don't think that your success is coming from that. And 99.9 out of 100 times, it has nothing to do with your efforts. Because Because you put forward your effort here, and Hashem brings the success there. You have to put forward an effort, but don't think your effort is what brings about the success. It doesn't necessitate success because of the effort that you're putting in. In the beginning, before things happen, you, of course, need to put forward an effort. We need to try. Someone calls. You try to do your research. You try to do what's necessary. You send in your resume. You have that job interview. But don't ever fall into the trap of believing that I have to get it because look at the effort I'm putting forward. No, not necessarily. Just because you're putting forward an effort does not necessitate success. Put forward the effort, and if Hashem deems it fit and right for you, it'll work out exactly the way you imagined. And if not, it won't. And there's nothing you can do to change that. And that's another thing is that sometimes people cannot handle that they're not God and that it didn't come, you know, as people have this romantic idea in their mind of how, you know, they're going to just be offered the right job and get paid a billion dollars and everything is just going to and they have this imagination. Or they're just going to meet that person, and it's like everything's going to be stars and hearts, and and everything is going to be all mushy and, and, and terrific, right? It's not always the case. Every person is here for a specific reason in this world to accomplish, and in the process of figuring out this maze that's unknown, we have no idea We have to understand the parameters for us to be happy people. And the most important part is to know and to feel every single day that Hashem will do for me today exactly what's appropriate for me. Hashem prepares the ways for every human being. We say this prayer every single morning. Hashem does for me all of my needs. It doesn't say Ritzoni. It says Tzarki, my need, not my desires. If Hashem sees that this is the right way for you, he will make it happen. If he sees it's not the right way, he won't allow it to happen. So then, now of course, a person's choice, a person can pick bad things. A person can choose to do bad things. A person can hang around the wrong crowd. A person can decide one day, God forbid, to use substances to run away from this world. That's a choice that a person makes. It's not like, well, if this is what happened, that's what Hashem wanted. No. A person chooses. You decide what you eat, what you drink. We make a lot of decisions. But the results of it all is not always in our hands. A person has Bechira. A person has free will. A person can choose. You can choose to drink water or to drink a can of Coke. You, it's your choice. That choice is placed in front of you, and every single time you decide, when you open up the refrigerator, should I pick the water, should I pick the Coke? Should I pick the burger, should I pick the salad? I mean, these these are decisions that uh, and choices, free will, that we decide every day. Now, it doesn't mean that someone... Who eats salads every day doesn't have a heart attack, and someone who eats burgers that are packed with fat and and mayonnaise and everything and all the unhealthy things lives 120 years without a heart attack. We've seen both. You have the right to choose, and sometimes you'll have to deal with the results of those choices. But sometimes you won't if Hashem decides not to. You're not in control. As much as we think we're in control, we're not in control. That's exactly the point. So why do people get all stressed out? I'm out of control anyway. Just recognize that Hashem is there. The only thing we really need in this world is a relationship with Hashem. See through everything that happens, your relationship with God. It's much easier than you thought. Like, what? How can that be? You, you hear what I'm saying? person messes up, they have to learn from that experience and, and adjust for the future. Yeah, Hashem gave you that punishment so that you learn and, and take a lesson for from it. Rabbi Brody continues here, before we begin elaborating on the two mindsets, I'll just tell you that 90% of people who are even believers are maaminim. They know that Hashem exists and they believe that everything does us for the best. Don't understand this, the balance between emunah and bitachon. And I believe firmly that bitachon is the key to happiness, the absolute key to happiness. People who don't have proper bitachon are worried, are concerned, are stressed, are anxious, are are always like, what's going to be? And they're like, just relax. You're going to make the flight if God wants you to make the flight. Yeah, you woke up late. You should have been a little bit more responsible. It's fine. There's no need. That stress is not going to change anything. The stress comes upon a person because they're not in control. But you're never in control. You came to that conclusion, right? You're never in control. That's the mistake, is we think that we're in control. We're told from childhood, financial security, you're going to get a job and you're going to put money away and you're going to be in control. And I see one after another after another story of people who made their success not because they're brilliant, not because they know everything and because they've got all the answers, They actually happen to be in the right place at the right time. There's no coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidence in the Torah. No such thing. Hashem puts you in the exact place you need to be. To the degree where there are so many times in my life where I I felt Hashem put me in a place for a specific reason, for a specific time period. I'll just share with you my own personal quick little story. Because... The Talmud says, very interesting. The Talmud says that what is God busy doing all day? He's making shiduchim, making soulmates. He's bringing them together. Let me let me tell you a crazy story, right? So, what does that mean? So, all Hashem is doing is he's taking, oh, this name with this name, ah, that's a great match. Let's put them together. It's not so difficult. It's not so difficult. The point is that it's not that it's everything that leads up to a person becoming and being who they are so that they're able to be that match so it's not that's just the meeting point the perfection point of their entire life that leads them to that point because that's the moment of the reunification of the soul because the the ish and the isha the man and the woman are two halves of one soul they're, they are being separated going on their own journey one lives in in uh, South America, and one lives in Russia, and they meet in New Jersey. I'm just giving an example. I know someone from South America who married someone from Russia. It's like the oddest shidduch. Like, why in the world would, right? Hashem, in his brilliance, put together the two halves of the soul in the opposite ends of the world. But, yeah, someone can get frustrated. I can't believe it. All my friends have dates. Uh uh. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't necessitate success. It doesn't necessitate happiness either. It could be more heartbreak. It could be a lot of other things. Before we begin elaborating on the two mindsets, we must emphasize again that each has its place and must avoid confusing between the two. The before the fact mindset. King David writes, cast your hope to Hashem. Be strong and take courage in your heart and cast your hope to Hashem. King David then tells us that he practices what he preaches. I cast my hope to Hashem, my soul hoped for Hashem, and I looked forward to his word. Then King David states in a factual manner, not just wishful thinking, that the wicked have many pains, but loving kindness surrounds he who trusts in Hashem. Rabbeinu Yonah writes that since a wicked person puts his trust on everything but Hashem money, power, ability, and so forth he is frequently disappointed. These are the many pains that King David refers to in Psalm 32. But the more a person trusts in Hashem and strengthens trust in Hashem, the more he gravitates towards righteousness and the more he becomes encompassed by loving kindness. This explains the juxtaposition between the wicked person and the people who trust in Hashem. King Solomon teaches us that the swift of foot do not necessarily win races, the clever do not necessarily make money, and the strong don't necessarily win battles. A person might ask, if the swift, clever, and strong aren't guaranteed success, then what hope is there for me? I'm neither swift, clever, nor strong. Neither am I, cherished reader, says Rabbi Brody. But we have a much greater asset at our disposal. It's called bitachon. We cast our hopes to Hashem. King David did, and he suggests that we do it too. King David repeatedly calls Hashem my fortress. Hashem is my rock and my fortress, and I am saved from my enemies. King David, barely a bar mitzvah boy, confronts the mighty Philistine giant, Goliath. King Saul tries to prevent David from this confrontation, saying that a tender youth has no chance against against this massive, fierce warrior. David then says to King Saul, Hashem, who has delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, will save me from the hand of this Philistine. King David's victory was the victory of bitachon, of trust in Hashem. Particularly the the before-the-fact mindset that the more a person truly trusts in Hashem, the more he or she will be enveloped in divine compassion. And he reaffirms, you always commanded to save me, and you are my rock and my fortress. King David attributes salvation to Hashem only and to his trust in Hashem. In distress, he says, I hope for Hashem, my soul hopes for Hashem, and I yearn for His word, for His action. This is King David's explicit description of before-the-fact mindset. We can therefore label this mindset as the hope segment of bitachon. Pessimists, and there are plenty of them, protest the hope mindset, even in the name of the Torah. Haven't you ever heard of din or severe judgment? They challenge, who says the outcome will be good? Optimists, on the other hand, the ones who put their hopes in Hashem and the others who might not have complete bitachon yet but are striving for it, answer the pessimist, haven't you ever heard of chesed or divine compassion? Who says the outcome will be bad? As the old adage says, the pessimists see the glass half empty We are the optimist's eye, the glass, as half full. So what we're saying here is like this. Yes, the amazing thing of this world is that we are living through a day-to-day lesson in Emunah. And we are daily tested. We are tested daily with our bitachon. If Hashem wants you to make that flight, you'll make that flight. And if Hashem doesn't want you to make that flight, Wake up earlier, or even if you wake up earlier, you're not going to make the flight. We need to understand that Hashem has a different plan sometimes that we don't understand because either we don't think that way, or we don't rely on Hashem to be that good for us. That means we believe we can get things done better ourselves. It's okay, God, I got this, okay? I, I don't need your help and people don't aren't verbally saying this but people in their mindset are like i can figure out the right thing for myself but leaving it in the hands of hashem it's not going to get it done yeah that's a problem people do think that way it's like ask people do they prefer a promise from hashem for a million dollars or a million dollars in the bank account which do people prefer if I can, if Hashem would guarantee you a million dollars, would you be comfortable with that? Or would you prefer saying, I, I just give me the million dollars and I'll, I'll take it. Just give it to me. <laughs> well, 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 here's the thing is that Hashem guarantees that you will have your every single need. You see, here's the problem. Why do people, and money is a big, big topic in most people's lives for no reason. Because here's the thing. Why do people want money? Security is one thing, but they, they, they will claim that I want it because I can buy the things I want. I want to buy the clothes. When was the last time a person was, de- didn't accomplish one of those goals because they didn't have the money? At the end of the day, Shem takes care of everyone. Shem takes care of everyone. It's you feeling that sense of security that's being affected by this. I think the do- my, the example of my daughter. What's the difference between her saying, you know what, Hashem, I know that you've always taken care of me, you will always take care of me, and right now, even though I don't understand why, I don't know where my job is going to be in four months, and where I'm going to be living in four months, and we're all, I I want to know so that I can have a sense of calmness, right? So, in a way, she prefers having that in her own hand than having it in the hand of Hashem. It's going to work out exactly how Hashem wanted it to work out. Let me give you an example. I heard this example once from my Rebbe. His son went into the guest room and they, they were looking for him in the middle of the meal. They found him in the guest room and the guest had some medications there that were, for some reason, no longer in their container. No longer in their container. They're all over the floor and he, they see some of the, some of the residue of medication. They weren't sure which medication the child had. So they immediately, is immediately, in the middle of Shabbos, they immediately rushed the baby to the hospital. And in the hospital, they had to pump the baby's stomach and get whatever it was out of there because they said, if it's this medication, it's fine. But if this one is the medication the baby took, baby can die. And we're not taking a risk. They asked the father to hold the child's hands while they do whatever it is that they needed to do. And he said that his child looked at him and was like with these eyes of like, you, you're the person I trust. How could you be doing this to me? How in the world are you allowing them to do this to me when you're the one I trust? But what do we know? That the father is doing this to save his life. At the moment, what he's looking at is like, how could you do this to me? How can you hurt me like this? How can you allow me to be hurt like this? But he only sees his vision. The child, and we're all children. We only see that little perspective. We're like, how can you do this to me? How can you make me lose my job? How can you injure me like that? How can you fill in the blank? Anything. Anything that we perceive to be a misfortune. Anything. Anything but really what is hashem saying i love you and i care about you and i'm protecting you and i'm giving you everything that you need to succeed the fact that you don't see it is irrelevant it's like that little child who i'm sorry i can't explain it to you because you'll never understand why we need to pump your stomach you can't understand it and we can try at times we can try at times to 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 gain an understanding and it's not necessarily going to be to our liking. Well, that's where I—that's who I wanted to marry. That's where I wanted to live. That's the kind of income I wanted to have. And now it's all shattered. Maybe Hashem is guiding you and turning you and saying, "You were supposed to take the exit and you forgot. you are going to make a U-turn and now you're going to go back there." That's the idea of how all of this works. Jeremiah, the prophet, says something seemingly redundant. Blessed is the man who trusts in Hashem, and Hashem is the object of his trust. The Chida, Reb Chaim Yosef David Azulai, explains that there is no redundancy here, but the description of two different levels of the -the before-the-fact mindset as follows. That means in the two, in the -the before-the-fact mindset, there is two parts. The man who trusts in Hashem describes the individual who believes that everything comes from Hashem, but pins his hopes on the boss who signs his paycheck. The business, benefactors, or some other worldly factor. You know, I have a sign by my desk which says, in the first of the Psalms that we say after Ashrei every day, in the third verse, Al-tiv binedivim." do not rely on your Nobles or your benefactors, Nadiv is a is a contributor, a donator. Adam In a man who has no sal- who holds no salvation, rucho When his spirit departs, he returns to the earth. On that day, all his plans perish. We think sometimes, oh, it's my work, it's my charisma, it's my charm, it's my go-getter attitude, that's what's going to bring about my success. Don't think it's your your benefactors that are going to bring you success, your boss who's going to bring you my paycheck, my brilliance. That's not what's going to do it. Why? Because we're just mortal men. We come and we go. We think we have so much power. But what is, how does the Pesach then continue? Ashrei. Sheel Praiseworthy is the man who realizes that the God of Jacob is his salvation. Sivro al Hashem alokav. whose hope is in Hashem, his God. That's where we need to be. We need to be in a place where we're not dependent on anyone. Where we're here to recognize every single day, to recognize that Hashem is the one who brings about our success. Dozens, I've mentioned this in the previous classes on do you trust God. I've asked business owners, where does your business come from? Where does your business come from? I ask all different types of businesses, people who are doctors and lawyers and people who are, uh, you know, have contra- uh, contractors, where does your business come from? And those who are honest will tell you every single one of my clients comes from Hashem. I have no idea where my next client is coming from. I try to advertise here, I get the business from there. I put forward effort here, it comes from there. And if someone's on a really high level, they don't even need to put put forward the effort. The higher the level of someone's trust in Hashem, the less of the hishtadlut, of the effort you need to put in. The more you're lacking in your in your trust in Hashem, the more hishtadlut you need to do. The effort is just there for us to feel good about it, that we're doing something. The results have nothing to do with it. You have to try, you have to put forward your effort, but never to believe that that's the cause of your success. I I think I may have shared this story in in the previous class about my father. used to travel every week. He used to travel and he was a diamond dealer and he would go from one client to another client. One week he comes back and we asked him, how was your week? And he's like, I didn't sell a single thing, nothing. I went to, you know, all of these different traveled here, traveled there, went this, like, you know, nobody nobody bought anything, nothing. Okay, that was like a Thursday night he got back and he was all tired and whatever. Friday morning he goes into the office and he's just putting all the details into his computer so he knows what to follow up. This one said, call me in a few weeks. This one said, call me in a few months. months." You know, everyone... And he gets a phone call from someone he didn't even occur to him to go to. And the guy orders everything he would have sold that week. Somebody he didn't go and didn't ask. My grandma and my father put it together. He says, I did all of my ishtadlos, I put forward all of my effort. And then it comes from someplace I didn't even expect it. And those little sparks of godliness come to remind us, Sashem waving to us, saying, Hi, I'm here. See, I'm in control. You have nothing to worry about. I've got you all taken care of. Your next meal is taken care of and your next 10 years are taken care of. It's all dealt in the hands of Hashem. On a much higher level is the individual who fulfills. And Hashem is the object of his trust. This is the person who looks solely to Hashem for whatever he or she needs. Such people understand that their career is part of their mission on earth, but has nothing to do with their livelihood or any other needs. It has nothing to do with it. This is, you know, you're a doctor not to make money, you're a doctor to help people out. And a person needs to remember every single day, because even if a person, let's say a person has unbelievable, okay, no trust in Hashem, Okay, No trust in Hashem. They don't think anything comes from Hashem. It's all kochi ve'otzim yadi. It's all my strength. It's my brilliance. It's my abilities. It's my talent. That's what the success comes from. the The part that's going to be a big challenge for them is when they have a mishap, when they have things that don't go their way. And it's going to happen on a regular basis. And they're going to be dealing with heartache every single day. Because it was supposed to be like this. Why is it like that? It was supposed to work my way. And suddenly Hashem throws us that uh, tsunami of challenge and we, have, we, we lose our bearings. We have no idea what to do. I think that a majority of people don't realize that Hashem communicates with us on a regular basis. And we say, one second, the person I'm sharing rooms with talks to me, communicates, and I understand their words. Hashem doesn't communicate in words. Hashem communicates in action. Hashem puts things in front of us to show us, hi, I'm right here. I'm not going to, there's not going to be a heavenly voice that says, take the job, job number one, right? That's not the way it works. Hashem just opens up that door. For us, of course, you have to walk through the door. You have to take the step. But when I purchased my current house that we're living in, literally every single door that could be closed was open. There are so many challenges, so many things that come up in the process of, you know, getting a mortgage and getting approval from the bank and the inspection and the this and the that, every single detail. There are hundreds of details that need to work right. For the closing to happen in the amount in the time frame that it's supposed to happen, every door that could be closed was open to me. It was in Hashem communicating and saying, This is where your family needs to be now. He was, he was talking, he was communicating through action. Hashem, we talk to Hashem, and Hashem answers us with action. I want to share with you a very beautiful idea, you know, in our Prayer that we have in the Amidah three times a day, this is one of the blessings that never really meant much to me, till I heard the following idea from the Chavetz Chaim. We say Estzemach David. This is the prayer for the Davidic reign, that Messiah should come, and should uh, speedily cause to flourish and raise his glory through your salvation. For we hope for your salvation all day long. This is the coming of Mashiach. We're not going to have to worry with the burdens of livelihood. We're not going to have to worry with the burdens of anti-Semitism. We're not going to have to worry about anything anymore because the whole world is going to see with clarity that Hashem is God, creator of heaven and earth. He chose the Jewish people and we're his nation. We're not going to have to worry about anything anymore. So I don't know about you, but to me, a Samach David never did it. Like I just never got it. The Chavetz Chaim says that these last five words, Ki Chakivinu for your salvation, we hope all day long. He says, if you have intention, if you have focus, if you have kavana, when you recite those five words, for anything that you wish, for anything that you need, your salvation will come that day. It's a promise. For your salvation, we hope, all day long. We all have our own things that we need. We're all in our own little micro-exile. We're in our own little challenge. I'm dealing with a challenge with a client. I'm dealing with a challenge with a friend. I'm dealing with a challenge with whatever it might be have that in mind when you're reciting those five words for your salvation I hope every day all day long it's a power a power in those words that we're saying Hashem I'm putting my trust in you you've got this I know you've got this and you can bring about salvation that doesn't mean that I have in mind Hashem I should win the two billion dollar lottery Hashem I should win the two billion dollar for your salvation I hope all day long no Hashem could say no it's not the right thing for you but you'll definitely know the answer you'll get your answer you'll have clarity and we never we never i i see i i see it all the time I, to me it's like not even a question i know with certainty that hashem is the creator of heaven and earth he brought me to this world at a specific time he will take me from this world at whenever a time he seems fit and As long as I'm on this earth living, my hope is to feel feel and and connect with Hashem in every challenge that he sends my way. Everybody's got challenge. Everybody's got issues. We all have things that are going on in our lives. The only difference is whether or not we realize that Hashem has got it and I don't need to worry and I'm problem-free, anxiety-free, stress-free, all taken care of. Or, you know, we tense up because we're trying to carry the whole burden of the world on us. We're trying to figure out how all the problems are going to get solved in our lives. And it's really nothing to worry about because Hashem's got it taken care of. All done. Done. It's taken care of. Hashem has got it under control. So, here's the thing. Like we've mentioned previously, look back at your life and see how many times that Hashem dropped the ball. How many times did Hashem do something that hurt you, that was terrible for you? Or do you look back and you're like, you know what, actually it turned out to be the best thing for me. I was worried, I was afraid, I was concerned, I didn't think it would be best. Right? I'll give you an example, I'll give you another example. There's a, a very big pressure for girls after high school, for which... Seminary program they're going to go to in Israel, but there are many people who are very stressed out about it and they're very worried and my my daughter was like, we, maybe we should you know go into a few places we should apply to a few places like this is where you want to go if Hashem wants it to succeed it'll succeed if he doesn't you're not going you'll find something else okay but you can't I in a way feel that that might be one of those tests where Hashem is like, how much do you trust me to find the right place for you. And yeah, there are people who want to have 10, so they want to have that security to know that they have a backup plan and another backup plan. And people convince themselves that they're in control. We hope for your salvation all day long. We put our hands up and we say, HaShem, look, we have nothing except for you, HaShem. You know, I, I, I think I may have said this in the beginning of this series, that babies come to this world with their fists clenched, closed. Hazal tell us, because the baby's coming to this world saying, I'm going to accomplish everything. I'm going to get the whole world. I'm going to get everything in. I'm going to take care of everything I need to take care of. Sadly, when people pass away from this world, their hands are open. Because at the end of the day, we have nothing. We have nothing. The only thing we have is our relationship with Hashem. That's what it all boils down to. That's what, the purpose of it all. Is for us to establish that relationship with Hashem. It's perfect timing for Avram Avinu, King, uh Abraham, in in this in these weeks Torah portions. Last week in Parshas Lech Lecha, this week in Parshas Vayera, he declares the oneness of Hashem. He sees through everything that goes on in this world through all of the vegetation, he sees the perfection of, of humanity, the perfection of the world, the solar system, everything is just so perfect. There has to be a master. There has to be a creator who puts it all together and makes the symphony work called the world. God is that conductor. He makes it all tick. Everything rolls by Hashem's command. Avram recognizes that acknowledges Hashem, and starts sharing that with the world. And he has those guests coming to his house, and he starts telling them, guess what? Come in, come in, eat, eat something, eat something. When they leave, they say, thank you, Abraham, Sarah, it's delicious. He says, you're saying thank you to me? Why don't you say thank you to the master? Like, you are the master. He says, no, it's not for me. It's from Hashem, creator of heaven and earth. What do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? You're the one who served me. He says, no. I'm just the conduit. Everything is from Hashem. Things don't just grow from the ground. Hashem declares that it should grow from the ground. And he started teaching people. And that's how he got monotheism going. And the Jewish people, that he's called the first Hebrew. All the realization of Hashem in the world. Every single minute of every single day. And the minute we let go of that is when we start having fear and worry. Like we said previously. Hashem li, if I know that Hashem is there with me. Low yirai, I have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to fear. Because I, I'm confident in that relationship with Hashem. And the minute I'm willing to let go, that's when my happiness is going to soar. So, my dear friends, God willing, next week we will continue right over here at this spot on page 30. I want to thank you all. Happy, uh, what do we call, Super Bowl Day? Happy Election Day. Uh, party to everyone hope everyone's candidates wins right i know it's not possible whatever is best is what's going to happen and we believe that with all with every fiber of our being that the will of hashem always prevails always a hundred percent of the time we look at in fact let's just go back for a second every story in the torah you see we we see the stories of the torah because we've read it last year and the year before, year before. But if you really zoom out for a second, you're like, what? What happened to Yosef? Joseph gets sold by his brothers to Egypt. I mean, what's going to be? Yosef has no worry, because he has one thing that he knows. Hashem is my Savior. Hashem is going to take care of me. All salvation is from Hashem. The one time he put trust in something he shouldn't have, he was punished for it. Which was when he interpreted the dream, he says, Remember, tell Pharaoh that I, uh, you know, he should remember me. Zachreinina. Ah, oh, it costed him two years. Two words, two years. To remember, don't ever put faith in man, put faith in Hashem only. Every story you see throughout the Torah, read it and just what's going on here. I'll give you another example we mentioned. Balak and Bilam Moshe's writing the Torah, and suddenly he sees a story he never knew happened. He sees that he's busy with the Jewish people over there in the desert, and on the mountain over there, Bilam and Balak are trying to having this argument whether or not to curse the Jewish people. He, he never knew about it. Moshe never knew about it until he's writing the Torah. How did Moshe know that that story ever happened? Hashem told him. Hashem is transcribing the Torah exactly as Hashem is dictating it. And you see the story of Balak and Bilam and the donkey and back and forth and the whole conversation. Moshe wasn't there. Moshe had no idea that this this happened. So why does the Torah even tell us of this story? The Torah tells it to us to tell you Hashem is working behind the scenes too even when you don't know about it. You think that that's the only opportunity that's coming your way. There are 10 opportunities that Hashem shouldn't even be presented, not to waste your time. There are so many things that go on that Hashem doesn't even want you to know about. It's the bilim and bullock of our lives. Our Hashem says, I'm going to save you from even knowing that it ever existed. And that brings only more blessing. Right? Well, he gave a blessing to the Jewish people. He couldn't curse. He couldn't even he couldn't even say the words he wanted to say. Instead, what comes out? Matovo Yakov Israel. All of the praises, all of the blessings of the Jewish people. And that's without him knowing. Without him getting stressed out about it. Just know that Hashem is always there protecting you. You have the same with the spies. Spies go into the land of Israel. And they don't demonstrate the proper trust in Hashem. That's their flaw. You look through the entire Torah. You see this, this common theme coming back again and again. The key to our success is knowing that Hashem is the creator of heaven and earth, and trusting that Hashem knows what's right and what's best for us. And leaving that trust in his hands. The more we're able to let go, the happier we'll be. Hashem should bless us. We should have lives filled with happiness, lives filled with courage because we have nothing to worry about. We know that Hashem is going to take care of every one of our needs. He will take care of everything that we need. Everything that is best for us will happen. Amen.